This morning we will go briefly into the second part of our talk. If you remember at the beginning of the year, we said we are going to be talking about change. We used 2 Corinthians, we used James. And we said that based on that, that by the grace of God, we will take it step by step. And we started with A. A for attitude, and we talked about attitude. What should be your attitude towards the word of God? What should be your attitude towards the things of God? What should be your attitude towards other people? What should be your attitude towards your husband, your wife, your children? What should be your attitude at your place of work? What should be your attitude in the things that God has committed into your hands? And we spoke extensively about your attitude in everything that surrounds you. One other area that I think I mentioned briefly is that what should be your attitude with information? Now, the reason I'm saying that is because information is the key to prosperity. But the problem is that some of us, myself inclusive, there are things that you believe you know. And so when somebody is speaking about the topic, you have zoned out. Brethren, I always tell everybody that Whatever you don't know may actually be costing you something. And you don't know that it is costing you something. But I thank God that after some time I got delivered. And when I got delivered, I became open to hear what other people want to say about even certain topics that I thought I knew. So please let your attitude towards information change. Because information is key and information can actually help you in life. Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. I will read from verse 9. Mark chapter 16. I will read from verse 9. The Bible says that when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first unto Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. And she went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. And when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, what did they do? They did not believe it. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. And this returned and reported it to the rest. And what did they do also? They did not believe it either. So the first person came with the information. The, sec- the second, the two other people came with information. But they did not believe. Later, Jesus appeared unto the eleven as they were eating, and he rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Verse 15, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel unto all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Verse 19. And the Lord Jesus, after the Lord Jesus has spoken unto them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. And then his disciples went out and preached everywhere. The Lord walked with them and confirmed his words by the signs that accompanied it. 
May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. I want you to notice twice, the Bible says they did not believe it. And because they did not believe it, Jesus addressed that issue and gave them the next instruction. He said, go, and when you go, this is what will happen. Interestingly, the Bible says after he had been taken into heaven, the people that did not believe, they suddenly began to go. And when they went, the Bible says the Lord walking with them. This morning, I'm going to talk to you about the word believe. Because after A comes B, B is believe. There are so many things that we already know about believe. But I will show you some subtle things that I believe by the grace of God will help you to shape your belief and your work with God as relates to the belief. We have heard so many, I mean, I'm sure most of us can quote a lot of verses about belief. The Bible says, believe the Lord God Almighty and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. There are so many other passages about belief that we all know. There are some things in some people that we naturally believe in. When a child is born, the child has no choice. The child believes in the parent when the child is born. In fact, it is not unusual that when the child is born and the child is crying, looking for food, when somebody else carries the child, the child continues to cry because the child is used to the voice of food. Are we together? Because when the child was inside the womb, the child knew the voice of the one that he heard always. And so by the time the child comes out, even though the child may not be able to recognize and nobody can say, but the child knows that wherever I hear that voice, there is comfort. And that is why you will notice that children naturally gravitate towards their mothers when they are young. As they get older and the father begins to bribe the child with this thing and that thing, you will notice that the child begins to have divided loyalty and attention. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And everybody is always wondering, what is the child going to say first? Is it father? Is it mother? Now who can tell me which of your children said father first? None. Wow. Okay, which of them said daddy first? Daddy, okay. Which of them mentioned your name first? Which of them said mommy first? Uh So you will notice that children, as they begin to grow, don't forget that when they get to a stage, children start eating other things apart from what the mother is giving them. At that stage, if the father is involved, the child also begins to associate the voice of the father with comfort and food. If the father is not involved, then the child knows that when it is time to play, go to this man. But when it is time to survive and eat, (laughs) this is where you go. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And so what we are saying is that the word to believe is something that we all naturally grow into. Either you like it or not. From when you are a child, you are already believing in somebody. I remember telling some of my nephews and nieces that things have changed. In those days, and I'm sure some of you will understand what I'm about to say. In those days, we had uncles and aunts 
and we really had uncles and aunts. There are some uncles that when they come to your house, apart from opening the door, you just go to your room. Yes or no? Even when they say they are leaving, you say you are in the toilet. Did you have uncles like that? Good. But there are some uncles that when they arrive, you greet them. You ask them what they will drink. We ask them what they will eat. You don't wait. You stay outside so that when they are going, they will see you. <laughs> Did you have uncles like that? Good. What was the difference? Because when the second group are leaving, by the time they are leaving, their pocket has lost weight. Yes or no? Good. With time, you believed in one uncle, but you, been, you didn't believe in the next. It's a law of nature. So this morning, I will give you, as many as God will give me the grace, the people and the things that you need to believe in, and this will shape your attitude, number one. First and foremost, you need to believe that God exists. That's the first thing. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God, him. And it says, for whosoever comes to him must first of all do what? Believe that God exists and that he rewards those that seek him. In John chapter 14, Jesus Christ said, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Brethren, when it comes to believing in God, I shouldn't be preaching to children of God. But I need to remind you that it only takes a fool. And I'm quoting scripture now. Because the Bible says, a fool says in his heart that there is no God. The fool may not say with his mouth. But the fool, because the fool is saying in his heart, his behavior is going to reflect the fact that he thinks there's no God. Are we together? And so when you look around you, you cannot but wonder, this place that you live in couldn't have happened by chance. I was... Every now and then we jokingly tell people that there are some countries where they have a lot of sunshine. <laughs> that God knew what he was doing, that they don't have snow in those countries. Because God knows how many people will have died. And not because we won't have the technology to pack the snow, but because we'll make sure that the next person to us will steal his own thing so that he can pack his snow. Now, when you think about it, the Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the what? And the food. That is why there are places you need to visit. When you visit, you will know that this is not the handiwork of man. I'm telling you the truth. You can talk about the seven wonders of the world. You don't even need to go far. <laughs> even here. When I first came, they used to talk about chocolate river. Most of you know Chocolate River by now. And I used to wonder that how can a river flow both ways? Until I understood it is the work of God. 
There are many other things. The sun comes out. Everybody's happy. But there are days that same sun doesn't come out. Somebody controls it. Are we together? People build their houses very close to the water. There's somebody that told that water where to stop. Can you do that? The only thing you can do is to try and fill the land with concrete. And God help you, the day that water gets angry, it breaks down your concrete. I remember when I was a boy, our parking, not a garage, you know, like your parking slot when you have a house. Your parking slot, our parking slot went down like that where I grew up. And I remember that uh, you pack in so that if you are learning to drive, God help you. You have to reverse uphill. So one day, rain fell. Plenty of rain. And my room happens to be one of the last rooms to the back of the house. In the middle of the night, you just heard a big bank. The fence had collapsed. Thank God it was at night, there was nobody there. The amount of water, and you know, those of you that come from certain parts of the world understand that when you build a fence, it's not ordinary concrete. There is metal in the concrete. I don't know how they build now, but there's metal in that concrete. With the metal, with the cement, with everything, the wall fell. That is to tell you that even these things of nature, they have the kind of force that 100 men couldn't have pushed that wall down. Somebody created that water. I can go on and on and on. When the Bible says, believe in God, there are things we have seen that you can never understand. The Bible says, for we know in part. When I was a, when I was a geography student, we did climate and culture, and one day they decided that they wanted to teach about, about different kinds of clouds. And because for some reason, I used to be very well outspoken, I asked the lecturer, I asked the teacher, that I thought there was just one type of cloud. He said, no, he said there are about nine. And then I wondered. The Bible says, and God created the heavens and the earth and the firmament. So it means that when God was creating, he separated them into nine different types of clouds. I couldn't have gone into those such details. But that is why now, when it's going to rain, by looking at the cloud, you know. Don't you? When, it's, when the sun is shining, you see, in fact, everybody, you won't even be here if you have not entered an aeroplane. <laughs> when you are in the plane and you look outside, brethren, you will appreciate God. You see the cloud, white. And then you ask yourself, somebody's keeping it in place with his power and with his forces. What's the first thing you do? You believe in God. Number two, you believe that God is a rewarder. Oh, brethren, I like that part. It says, and he's a rewarder of them that do what? Diligently seek him. 
Let me explain the word diligent. Diligent means to be unceasing until something happens. The Bible says, have you seen a man diligent in his ways? He will stand before kings. I'm not sure if it was last week we were doing Sunday school and we were talking about that they had the ability in them to stand before the king. Right? And then I asked the question, is that something that is inborn or is that something that you can learn? Let me tell you the truth. If it is inborn, then God is unfair. It is something that everybody can learn. You do your work well, the vice, prince, the vice president of your company will soon notice you. Are you diligent? They will know. It's not something that, oh, that person has it. I don't have it. Everybody can have it. So when the Bible says, those that diligently seek him, you seek him when you feel comfortable. You seek him when you feel uncomfortable. You seek him when you're happy. You seek him when you're unhappy. You seek him when things go well. You seek him when things don't go well. That is what diligence means. Diligence means I will see to it that this thing is complete before I leave it. Brother, now that you like it or not, you have to believe that God sent his son. That is what separates you. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4 verse 4, it said when the right time came, God sent his son. He's not going to send his son. He has already sent his son. And then the Bible then goes to John chapter 1. He said as many as did receive that son, he gave them what? Power. There is a difference the way God treats his believers and the way God treats unbelievers. There is a difference. The same God that says do good unto all men, especially. Uh-huh. I'm sure there's a difference with the way you treat your children and, your, and their friends. I'm sure there's a, there's a difference. If your child is 11 or 12 and the child and the friend comes to play in your house, and the time is getting towards 8, 9, 10. After some time, you begin to be restless. Won't you? You may not say it very loudly. You say, when is your mom picking you? What you are saying is that it's time to go home. But then you are telling your own child, it's time to go to bed. While one is going upstairs, one is going through the door. Number four. You believe in the name of Jesus. Brethren, I can't stress that enough. You believe in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is not for decoration, it's not for posing. You have to believe in the name. The Bible says that God has given him a name. Brethren, I don't think sometimes that we understood the meaning of a name. I've told you the story. When I couldn't enter some places, all I needed was the business card of somebody that had a name. God is my witness. I could use every... That business card was worth more than any money to be at that time. You keep it in your pocket. Even in the streets of the place I lived, nobody could steal it. And every time I go with that card, I only show the card. I don't let them handle it. Because if they handle the card, they may decide not to give me back. It means that my connection is gone. 
Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? So when you have a name, oh brethren, be proud of the name. And use it. That name alone then, when I go anywhere, I'm, I'm walking on, on tippy toes. I'm feeling more important than I am because I have a card. It's the truth. I was 17 then. Everywhere I went, if I, when I'm going, because of the caliber of the card, I wear my best clothes. <laughs> Let me tell you the truth. Because it cannot be heard that you will look like this and you are coming from this man. They say it's not possible. So I am not gifted in borrowing. So I wear the best that I have. And then I go. And so when I get there, I don't even, I don't even pronounce the name. I say, I want to see, and I've done my own work. I know who the people that walk inside. I've done my own work. And I'm just going to present the card and say, I'm from social person. I want to see. And the truth, God, God forgive us all. Because that man did not know that I had the card. <laughs> so the place where his card, where he has not gone, his name has what? His name has gone there. Uh, you have to be smart now. And so when I get there, with all confidence, I say, is so person around? They look at me, I'm a 17-year-old boy. And my face was not hard like that at that time. And so they'll say, yes, what can we do for you? I say, relax. So so person said I should see her. Hey, the person will just say, hey. I say, yes, that's me talking now. Brethren, be proud of the name you have. That name of Jesus, it can do anything. It can open any door. I'm telling you. Well, the Bible even says it. It said that the mention of the name of Jesus, that what? Every knee and every tongue. The name of Jesus opens doors. The name of Jesus, it heals. But then believe in the name. The name of Jesus changes lives. Believe in what? In the name. If you can be like me, everywhere you go, be proud to show the name. Everywhere, be proud. That no, I'm associated with this name. I am. The Bible says, John, that same John chapter 14 verse 1. He said, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I like that verse. It's not just God that you believe in. You believe in me too. Acts chapter 3 verse 16. The Bible says, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man has been made whole. Brethren, believe in the name. Don't let the name be heavy to say. Do you know that some believers are using the name more than you? But in a different capacity. I'm telling you. The, in the morning, <laughs> somebody, somebody told me a joke long ago. He said there was a man. He was a drunkard. Everywhere he goes, people always say Jesus. 
And so after some time, he started telling everybody that he's Jesus. Then that one said, how can you be Jesus? He said, let me prove it to you. So he said, come, let's go. So immediately they entered one of the bars where they had banned him from coming because, <laughs> because he used to drink too much. Immediately he entered. The bartender said, ah, Jesus Christ, you are back again. But of course, may you know the context in which he's using it. Amen? I'm sure some of us too, we use it in that, in that format. You see some people, he say, God, I need grace today. Don't worry, grace is sufficient. <laughs> Let me give you one last one and then I'll continue the second service. I'll just give you one. Believe in yourself. I think that one you might think, believe in yourself. I will say it again. Believe in who? Yourself. And you know why? Because God believes in you. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 1, that God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness. By the time we got to chapter 2, the Bible says that all of these things I have created, I will create a garden and I will put a man that I believe in to look after it. God believes in you. He says the thoughts that I have towards you, they are thoughts of what? Good and not of If God believes in you, then God is saying, I have done things to make sure you end well. Now it is left for you to walk and end well. God believes in you. You know the way you believe in your children? It is the same way God believes in you. God looks at you. The Bible says, for I am fearfully and what? Wonderfully made. Thank God we used to say that beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. When God looks at the people that we don't think highly of, God sees the best of creation there. And because God sees the best of creation, God knows that though your, your, your beginning may have been small, but your latter end shall greatly increase. Is it not the word of God? So if it is the word of God, then it means that God believes in me. But then, when I'm leaving my house, I'm confident. I'm confident because there is a force behind me. And that force believes in me. Even when I make mistakes, that force will cover it for me. Believing in people doesn't mean they won't make mistakes. Adam made mistakes. God did not disown him. He only punished him. But then, God still took him as his son. Mentioned all of them. They made mistakes. I was reading again this morning. Occasionally, when I don't know what to say, I say, God has all sorts of children. Moses is one. And God told him, this is what I want you to do. He said, me? God said, yeah, you. Only me and you are here. He said, okay, if it's me, I'm going to go. Who should I tell them sent me? He said, tell them that the I am sent you. He kept on going until God said, okay, 
He said, hey, but then they will need a sign. And then God said, ah, you already have a sign in your hand. There's another thing that a lot of you don't know. What you need is already in your hand. And then God says, okay, let me show you how you will do it. Throw it on the ground. And his own stick became a serpent. He had been carrying that stick for God knows 40 years. That stick had actually maybe become a burden to him. But the day that God saw and God reminded him that that stick is useful. But then there might be something that has become nearly a burden to you. God is saying that maybe that thing is what will take you to where you need to go. After that, God said, for me to show that I believe in you, he said, if the stick doesn't work, he said, put your hand inside your bosom. The same hand that you used to eat. And the Bible says he put it, the hand was not the same again. Did God believe in him or not? He did. And then lastly, God said, okay, if everything within you will not solve the problem, he said, take up the water of the Nile and pour it on the ground, the ground for which you came. He said, that ground will speak up. And when that ground speaks up, that water will be turned to blood. Brethren, God believes in you. What you need to do now is begin to move. Because, let me tell you the truth. When it comes to solving problems, with all due respect, God is handicapped by what you do. Because God will not come and solve the problem here. God gives you the wisdom. God lays people around you. I will get to that in the second service. When Joseph was in prison, he knew this was not the place for me. He saw an opportunity, just one opportunity, one. He said, what is your dream? He said, your dream is that you are going back to the palace. Ah. He said, come. When you get to the palace, remember me. Brethren, there is no point in you telling me that uh, I don't want people to know my business. Let them know. If they don't know your business, how can they help you? You know, I get emotional when I talk about all these things that you people are carrying from everywhere that you are coming from. Leave it there. Say, so if, if I tell them, hey, they will go and do that. Let them do it. Is it not good that they mention your name before they are gods? Then they will know and say, Jesus, I know. I also know that person because they mentioned his name in my shrine. What happened to Romans chapter 8? And God causes all things. Let them mention your name there. As they are mentioning your name, good is coming to you. I will end with this. There are some places that if they didn't mention your name for bad, those people would not have been curious to know you. I'm telling you the truth. They will not. Long ago, I was the chief medical officer of one hospital, one small hospital. Then I was very young. I think I was like 30 or 31. And so I had to oversee about 10 or 11 doctors. And so they brought another doctor to join us. That doctor would have been younger than me by maybe five or four or five years. And so he came. And so when he came, he came that morning and he was standing in front of me and asking me, I'm looking for Dr. Adenuga. 
When people say like that, you don't know if they have gone. So I say, is there a problem? He said, no. I said, okay. I said, do you know him? He said, no. One of the nurses was nearly dying of laughter. And I was thinking to myself, what is he asking for? Then after he said, ah, they said I should come and report to him. Ah, then I said, yeah, I'm talking to Adenuga. <laughs> and suddenly, he couldn't hide it. He said, I was expecting somebody with white hair. Somebody, he said, the way they talked about you. I thought you were older than this. Thank God they've talked about me. Are you getting what I'm saying? He knew what to expect. Brethren, stand on your feet. I'll continue the second service. But brethren, it is not humility to say you don't believe in yourself. It is not. In fact, in my own, in my own opinion, it's actually foolishness. Because if God, the maker of heaven, says I believe in you, what you are saying is that God is wrong to believe in you. But God is never wrong. But then you are going to lift up your voice, you are going to pray. Just for about one or two minutes. There are areas, I know most of us believe in God, most of us believe in the Son, but most of us have not gotten to the point where we believe in ourselves. Most of us have not gotten to that point where we believe that God has given us what it takes to make it in this life. You want to, you want to talk to God. God is asking you today, what is that in your hand? There is something you have. I want you to begin to talk to God. The Lord, show me the things that are in my hands already. Show me the things that I need to work with. Show me the things, oh God, that today will transform my life, my ministry, my marriage in the name of Jesus.